What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. What are Valentine's you doing? Day. And this is the song for all you guys out there. Like Barry Horn, who got their wife nothing for Valentine's Kevin, Day. Kevin, it was a surprise. Why are you telling her I got her nothing? I was going to surprise her with You're nothing. You're surprise her with nothing? Oh, my god! So put another log on the fire, honey, and then come and tell me why you're leaving me. That's Barry Horn and Sharon Horn's love song today. Been, been married 35 years. 35 years. And it's a miracle. And it's a miracle. It, it, and speaking of another guy, it's a miracle that he's married. We have on the line with us from... Surprise, Arizona, Evan Grant. Evan, how's it going, man? Good. <laughs> Evan, Evan let, let me ask you this. Before you left, what did you do for your lovely wife for Valentine's Day? I uh, bought her some flowers, uh, several cards, a uh, couple boxes of candy, um, and uh, presented them to her and also did the same for the stepdaughter because I'm pretty incredible. But, but but you have a lot to cover up for and a lot, a lot to feel guilty about. That's why you bought all those gifts, correct? Mary, listen, you know, Sharon's already settled for disappointment, okay? So <laughs> you don't have to try and rationalize all this. She's okay with the disappointment that is you. That is, I, I love that. That's great. The disappointment that is you. That sounds like another country western song. <laughs> Kevin will have the lyrics for us. Oh, my gosh. So, Evan, you just touched down. I mean, you just put the, the plane on the tarmac, did you not? Well, C.J. Wilson did that, but uh, <laughs> I am now in the rental car. I am I, I'm doing this probably highly illegally as I drive from downtown Phoenix to Surprise. I actually just passed Chase ballpark and kevin our favorite place Pizzeria Pizzeria Bianco. Bianco. but yes, so evan if you get pulled over will you keep the phone on so we, we can have some dramatic or or Absolutely. Or, 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 if, if the police, or if the police get behind you flee and so we can have a chase scene a chase scene on the podcast that'd be great i'll, I'll do facebook live of the chase there yeah, you be, go that'd be from great. inside the car perfect so, Evan, here you are in surprise, and, and tell us what the procedure is for the players. Who's coming in today? Who's already there? Who's who's due to come in? Well, I, I don't know who's already there, Kevin, because I ain't there yet. <laughs> you should know that from your sources. But here's the bottom line. Most of the pitchers have already showed up. Technically, today is the reporting date for the pitchers and catchers who will be uh, participating in the World Baseball Classic. But uh, as is always the case with baseball players they cannot wait to get into a clubhouse and smell the smell of dock straps drying i guess oh my um, gosh like, thanks, so thanks for are, that visual do they like to spit seeds in there oh, too 
they are all here, it appears, early and raring to go, and tomorrow there will be a workout. And the, the procedure I don't know is whether or not um, uh, the pitchers and catchers who or everybody who's not here for the WBC, if they'll have to work out kind of informally or if they can be part of the more formal workout. So those guys have, are, are, have already gone for the WBC? I thought that was an, a week away. Oh, no, no, no. They're just here working out. They, they, they come in early. They'll be with the team for I about two weeks, and then the WBC games start. Uh, uh, the ones that will be on this in this hemisphere will start, uh, I believe, March 6th. And which Rangers will be going off? Oh, you know, this is difficult to do, Barry, as I drive. You want me to pull out my notebook and drive? No, there? no, um, but Martin Perez, right? Let's Martin Perez and Robinson Trinos and now Rugnet Odor will all represent Venezuela. Adrian Beltre and Omar Mazzara will represent the Dominican Republic. Uh, Jurickson Profar will represent the Netherlands as a uh, native of, of Curacao, which is a Dutch uh, Antilles. Um... And Jonathan Lacroix, uh, the, the just the just signed Adam Lowen, who will be on a minor league contract, will be part of Team Canada. I'm not sure if I'm missing anybody. Two, Jonathan Lacroix, Darvish. Oh, Matthew Lacroix and Sam Dyson will be representing Matthew Lacroix. I forget that. That's Jonathan Lacroix, uh, not Matthew Lacroix. That's right, Matthew. That was Matthew Lacroix who played for the Minnesota <laughs> Twins. Jonathan Lacroix. And Sam Dyson, as you can tell, I'm not good at this multitasking. <laughs> Evan, Evan, you did phenomenal. I like the way you set yourself up as to fail, and then you and then you named everybody anyway because you knew it all along, and you just want to show everybody how smart you are. So, Evan, I, from, I think from now on we're just going to do this live from my car. It's going to be uh, Evan in his car. There you go. So, uh, so here's what I really need to know, Evan. When I get there. Uh, in the middle of, uh, I guess I, I show up around March the 20th. Are those guys going to be back or not? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I think the finals are that weekend, or the March 20th weekend. So by the time you get here, I think just about everybody should should have returned. Um, I think the question this year is, does Team USA have the ability to finally win this tournament? You know, they, we've had this tournament, I believe, since 2000 and. Seven, seven. No, uh, since 2005. I'm sorry. Had the tournament since 2005, and Team USA has never has never won it. So, uh, uh, this is supposedly the best club that they're that they've had to run out there, or they're at least going to be the best prepared for it. Um, and I think it's very possible that you'll see Team USA uh, uh, in the finals, and that you will have Luke Roy out of camp for about two weeks. And for me, more significantly, you'd have. Sam Dyson out for about two weeks, and I, I, I guess the only concerns I have are with the pitchers who are going. Um, I think for a guy like Odor and for Mazzara, you know, you could get hurt anywhere, but I, I think the ability to play with some of the best major leaguers who come from their own countries uh, and in that kind of spirited environment, I think that's probably a good exercise rather than two meaningless at bats against a minor league pitcher. But for the pitchers, particularly Perez, who had a career high in innings of more than 198 innings last year, and Dyson, who had his second straight 70 outing season, I'm I think there's got to be a little bit more concern. We, I, you know, when we talked to Doug Brokale on the podcast, guys, we we talked about that, and he said he feels like that that they will be well taken care of. 
Uh, and I don't have empirical evidence to suggest this one way or another, but I do think that there has been a higher rate uh, for arm injuries for guys who in the past have participated in the WBC. So, so when the Rangers send, when Ranger players go, what are you doing? Are you okay? I'm fine. I just changed. The pavement changed. That's oh, all. Okay. It's like you drove off into one of those big lakes. <laughs> I, 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 I thought we'd lost you for a minute. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm now on a sidewalk. Hang on. So when, okay, the, when, the, right. when the Rangers send Perez and, and, and Dice, do they send him with little notes, like from, from the pitching coach to the their team's uh, pitching coach uh, that they were gonna, from the country they're going to represent and say, please don't. Well, certainly. I mean, certainly in the case of Dyson, who's going to be playing for Team USA and Jim Leland, uh, there are, there's lots of communication there. I, before these guys are ever put on the roster and before they ever agree to go, the teams are informed. There's communication back and forth about what we feel like we can ask of the player uh, and what the player's regular program is and so forth. Uh, in the case of Venezuela, uh, Omar Vizquel will be managing that team. And given his major league background, given the fact that, that he's working in the major league, uh, certainly I think there's been, again, significant communication. And I, I think that everybody's kind of on the same page that nobody's going to push these guys too far. Now, this is my concern. It's not so much how the pitchers are going to be handled, because I think that they will. Like, like you said, Omar Vizquel is a smart guy. He's not going to abuse these guys. My, my concern It's not it, the handling. It's, to me, Kevin, it's not the handling. It's just the intensity of the pitches that you're throwing. At yeah, abso- absolutely, absolutely. But the, the, the bigger concern I have is that, look, this is an important spring for Ruggi Odor. This is an important spring for Nomar Mazzara. Uh, Mazzara, because he's a young guy who, who made a big splash uh, at the first of the season and then tailed off in the second half as, as teams made adjustments to him and as maybe he got a little worn out, frankly, probably mentally and physically. Uh, and Odor, as we uh, discussed with, uh, with Jeff Bannister last week, uh, has a lot of things he can be working on. His, his defense, for one, and what they want him to do around second base and also in his approach at the plate. So these are things that are not going to be worked on when he's away for two weeks. He's just going to go back to being who he was coming up as, as a young player and, and swinging for the fences and, and playing the defense the way he always has. Well, I think, that, I think you can certainly make that case. I think you can also say that in the case of Odor, he's going to be um, with Miguel Cabrera for two weeks and he's going to be with Jose Altuve for two weeks. And if you're looking for him to learn second base and, and how to carry himself as a second baseman on the field, I think having him exposed to Altuve for two weeks on a day-in and day-out basis That's pretty good. is not a bad teaching tool at all. No. Um, and Cabrera is the best hitter of, of our generation. Um, so I think those things are in place. In, in addition, you know, you've got from now until, again, about the 6th of March, to kind of put stuff in place and, and – I think that Tony Beasley is going to spend an enormous amount of time with Rignetto Door over the first two weeks of camp, just putting that kind of stuff in place. As far as Mazzara goes, um, I, again, he didn't play winter ball this year, uh, and he will be with Adrian Beltre on that on, on the Dominican team, as well as again some of the best major leaguers uh, to come from from that country. And I think there will be some some benefits of the experience. I don't think there's much that Mazzara's got to work on approach-wise, I think he's got a pretty mature approach. I think he will benefit from from being around some of that that group of, of Dominican players who really take an awful lot of pride in 
in the WBC and in that competition level. So what? So you're you're on the ground. What is going to be your first? That was my. That was exactly what the, I was going to ask. Oh my gosh! I want to just say this while you were talking just now, Evan. Barry had his eyes closed and was doing that thing where he rolls his head around, you know, like it's about to come off, and it was very creepy and spooky. And I really had a hard time concentrating. I believe we call that just—it's narcolepsy. Um, <laughs> oh, but so I was going to ask the same. But if I would have asked the question, you would say, "Oh, Barry's interrupt, taking us on another tangent." Oh, that's what he did. In, that's what he did in the McLean podcast. We were talking about the combine, and then he hijacked it and wanted to talk about Jerry Jones. At any rate, what is going to be your first duty there? Uh, the first thing you're looking to do uh, now that you're on the ground there, besides you know finding you know making sure that the that the the house you've rented for us is uh, not on fire. Um, well, that's always a possibility with our houses. Uh, the, um, the first thing I'm going to pursue, I think, today is just kind of the idea of you, Darvish. And there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation this winter about an extension. And the Rangers are looking at a rotation after this year if Darvish were to walk in free agency that basically has Cole Hamels, who will be 34, and Martin Perez, uh, and that's it. Uh, they don't have anybody at the minor league level who has proven himself ready to pitch at the big league level. Tyson Ross and Andrew Kashner are both on one-year deal. Uh, the Rangers have an ace in Hugh Darvish, and I believe he's coming into his prime. Will that prime last five years, which would probably be what it would take to sign him? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I would say that physically I think this guy may be something of an outlier because of his work ethic. But I'm a little bit con, con, uh, confused as to why there hasn't been more, a more aggressive approach on getting a, a deal with Darvish done to keep him in Texas. Is that, do you think that's because of the, of the Rangers or because of Darvish? I think it's because of the Rangers right now. I think that uh, you're talking probably about a deal that's going to have to average close or, or, or $30 million a year. And, you know, the Rangers have a lot of dead money sitting around, and they've got they've – got, three more years of that two contract and they've got the remnants of fielders contract even with the insurance relief and they've got a significant amount of money left going to elvis uh and and i'm i i think that there is some concern on their part that they don't want to get bogged down with yet another another big big contract but, but evan, evan, they're not going to have any pitching down it would be it would be a pr disaster wouldn't it be a pr disaster for the team for the organization who are getting ready to move into a publicly funded new home that, that is, is going to make the franchise worth that much more to let an ace uh, walk? Yeah, it, it would be a quote-unquote PR disaster, Barry, but, you know, what happens this year will, will be a bigger determinant. Yeah, um, I agree with if that. If this team goes deep into the playoffs, that will – that would mitigate a guy walking away. If the team wins a World Series, it's going to mitigate it. But what if it was, um, but what if it was the guy who carried them to the World Series, well, who pitched them to the World that's Series? True. And that's true. And that's my my point about that would be that what in this market, people are still not convinced about about uh, you, Darvish. They they Correct. think he's really good. They think he's really has a chance to be, but he hasn't been great yet, right? 
I mean, he hasn't put up some of the years like Cole Hamels has, frankly. Right. So, Correct. So, Correct. and t- if, if he does that this year, this is, to me, the gamble that the, that the Rangers are taking. They're gambling that, okay, if he does that this year, all right, then we're all on board. And, and we're going we're gonna to right. do that five-year, $150 million deal. But, but if he, but but if he does that, that this year, if he does that this year, if he does put that kind of year together, that's going to then be a six-year, probably two hundred million dollar deal. That's going to take it to yeah, sign it because then he's going to be on the cusp of free agency. Right. Um, it makes all the sense in the world to test free agency, and there are a lot of big money clubs out there, particularly the Dodgers and the and the Yankees, Correct. who will have money to spend this winter. Yeah. Um, I do think, to some extent, the Rangers have have been kind of lying in wait with the idea that if Shohei Otani does come to the uh, major leagues next year that they would be a big-time player for him. Uh, He's the next great Japanese pitcher to come to the United States. But there are mixed signals right now whether or not Otani will actually come here. And if that's the case, and you're also going to have to be bidding against the Dodgers and the Yankees and other clubs with deep pockets, can you take that risk of saying that you think you'll be able to outbid them or out-recruit them? And how is that process different now from what it was Correct. when Darvish came? You're, you're asking all my questions. Yeah, no. I'm asking much Well, uh, the, the biggest question right now on Otani is that at this point he would still be subject to the international um, free agent bonus pool. Uh, forget about any postings or anything like that. I don't think that would factor in, but it would be the international bonus posting pool. And so any contract you sign him to, a major league deal, uh, that would be potentially taxable uh, at – a hundred percent over your your threshold on it, and uh, over your um, over your bonus pool, and it's going to take well over a hundred million dollars to sign this guy, and so you'd be looking at for just about any team about a hundred percent tax on ninety five to a hundred million dollars, and so you just can't afford that. So, uh, so how... they've got to get some clarification from Major League Baseball whether there will be an exception made since this guy is a professional. How old is um, he, Evan? Evan, how old is he, and what does he do? What does he throw? He, uh, he is twenty three, and he—I uh, believe he's twenty three. Um, God, I, I hate looking doing all this stuff just off the top of my head. Um, so but he—he uh, he throws he throws everything, and he is also a pretty accomplished hitter who uh, who. Who's been an offensive weapon in Japan? So, so and here, here's my uh, my other thinking about about Darvish too. I'm, I'm looking up his uh, stat line now and his career. Uh, I have to believe that he was probably overused in Japan, and that that is one of the reasons why he had the arm troubles that he did here that led to the operation. But he has not pitched an uh, an inordinate amount of innings. Here with the Rangers, off the top of my head, right? He's got one 200-inning season, I think, right? 209 innings, is that correct? I, I think that's correct. You know, when you look at this stuff up in your phone, it's a lot harder to do than if you get a laptop in front of you. Uh, um, yeah, that's usually why I bring the laptop in there, boys. But, um, you're so, but you're never so mind your lack of preparation. Yeah, so. well, you know, you're just so professional. Uh, but, I, that, but I think that's, to me... Uh, when we're talking about going forward and in his age, I don't have as this big a – He's 22, by the way, Evan. He's 22. Okay. Uh, this, is why, this is why I call Darvish something of an outlier because I think here at the age of 30, came into the big leagues, he, he's, he didn't really uh, – hasn't overworked that arm in the big leagues. He's now got a fully repaired uh, 
ulnar collateral ligament. Uh, we saw a velocity last year after he came back that was higher than anything he had thrown previously. I think he's good to go physically for a good three, four years without any kind of concerns there. Um, I think he has learned how to pitch in the big leagues much more than when he first came in. And he really is a freak when it comes to regimen and taking care of himself. And, and so I think this guy is primed to have an absolute monster year. I, I just really feel like he is going to put it all together this year. Not to mention the fact that he's also a full year now removed from the Tommy Don, where he's kind of tested the arm out. He knows what's in the arm. He knows what what kind of sensations he's going to feel, and I think he's going to be much more willing to let it go. I just think that if there's a guy who who could, of the upcoming free agent class, okay, let's put it this way, of the upcoming free agent class, which I believe will be pretty strong, I think that Darvish is the most likely guy to see the end of, of a long-term contract healthy and still effective. Plus, plus here's the thing. You know how hard it is, obviously, to find these these uh, aces. They're, they, they're just almost impossible. If you think you have one, and, and by you right. signing this guy, it does not cost you a first-round draft pick either. And so, these Correct. are to me, these are the reasons why. And because those other contracts, the bad contract you, you referenced, the Chew contract, the Fielder contract, even Elvis's contract, if we want to refer to that one, those are, yes, they are they're bad and they're still in the middle of them, but they're getting closer to the end. By the, by the end of of a five-year deal for Darvish, those contracts would all be exhausted. Is that not correct? Like Elvis's is uh, through 2022. Yeah, Elvis's would be the one that's, yeah. that's still in place. Yeah. But, um, you know, the the first-round draft pick, not as much of a concern now with the with the new CBA. You know, there will be some draft pick compensation uh, given, but um, it's not quite as structured. It's not structured quite the way it was previously. Um, but I, I, I fully agree with the point about if you've got a guy and you know what he can do, um, you try and keep him. Because well, if you don't, you know, how often do those guys come around? Well, and that's my, that's my real question. Barry wants to ask a question. What, what if he signs with, you didn't mention this, but what if he signs with the Angels? Or what if he signs with an, another American League? Uh, well, I, I, I can't imagine the Angels wouldn't go after him because of the yeah. money they have spent in the past. And finally, it, it, you know, uh, I, I believe that uh, Pujols contract will, will finally be up at some point, will it not? I mean, it just well, the big thing is that the, the, the Hamilton contract will be done at the end of this year. The yeah. Pujols contract, uh, I believe there's still a couple of years left on that. But, yeah, but, that they, but they, will be, off the, they you, will be off the deal for uh, – for twenty six million dollars or so on Josh. Well, the point the point is you don't want you don't want to have to face him in, in your division. No, uh, I mean I, no, I think it, not. to me the only questions that are in my mind about you, Darvish, are one: does he want to stay? Does he like it enough here to stay? You know, and, I think he would stay. Yes, I. I and what's I'm changed your mind about that, that? He's willing to stay here. What, what? I I think he's. I don't think that Dar. I think Darvish likes the fact that here he can be. Um, I don't want to say anonymous, anonymous. but he can yeah. kind of live his he can live his life a little bit. Um, that he's comfortable here. He likes the routine here. This is this is a guy that if I've learned anything about him, I think he's a guy that likes routine and likes having things in place. He he, he likes the situation he's got with the Rangers right now. 
He really has developed a very strong relationship with Doug Brocale in just a year. Um, and I think he's very comfortable here. And I don't think that he looks forward to the idea of having to uproot and, and move somewhere else and start all over with new relationships and, and cultivating a new manager and a new pitching coach. Yeah, that that was really the, the, the biggest thing that I needed to know was is is he amenable to this? And he seems like it. He seems like he's enjoying it more, and, and, and especially last year. I, felt, I just really felt like, uh, and maybe it's just a product of him coming back from the surgery, you know, that, that now he is, you know, just feeling just happy about that. But he just seems like he enjoys this environment more. I wasn't sure at first. He didn't seem comfortable here, and, 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 and maybe for a number of reasons, maybe because of the heat. Maybe because he just didn't like it, you know. Maybe he didn't like the club. I don't know. But uh, I, I do feel like it's, it seems like he has a much better. He's in a much better comfort zone now than he was. So I, I, I'm with you on this. There's there's not a guy out there in the range farm system right now that you can say, oh, this guy's a definite number one. You know, if if he yeah. makes it, he's a definite number one. No. There just isn't. There's lots of threes, uh, but but there's not that. I don't know that. Oh, I'm passing the state prison. Um. Wave, wave, Evan. Just wave at everybody. Um, I, I don't know that there that, that you can say there are guys in the in the system right now that have number three capability, but I don't know that there's guys that you would project as a number three. I mean, when was the last time the Rangers developed a number three? No, you're right. The, the, the year that Derek Holland went sixteen and five. To this day, um, the, to this day, the best pitchers the Rangers have ever developed are Kenny Rogers and Kevin Brown. Right, and in this in in this era, this team can take credit for developing C.J. Wilson, developing uh, Derek Holland, developing Martin Perez, all serviceable pitchers. Yeah, I don't think There's that in anybody's moment. wildest dreams in their best years, you would consider them more than a number three in a championship caliber rotation. Evan, that's totally Evan, that's wrong. You're wrong. You said you don't think anybody would conceive them as being as I think C.J. Wilson would conceive himself yes, as being a number one. Okay. Yeah, Point very, taken, Barry. Yeah, very good. It is a it is an amazing thing to say about that. I remember, uh, you know, uh, talking to people and uh, Grady Fusen one, one spring uh, about the, the Rangers' problems developing pitchers. I said, what is the reason for this? How is it possible through all these ownerships, through all these regi- regimes, that they have never developed a great pitcher and kept him? I mean, even, you, even Kenny Rogers, he was a very nice pitcher, and Kevin Brown was could have been a great pitcher uh, if not for his head uh, and some of his arm problems that he had and maybe some well, let, I mean, PEDs let's, as well. Let's both say this. You win 200 games in the big leagues in this era, um, and I know that wins are not the be-all and end-all anymore. But both those guys were regular 200-inning pitchers, uh, and and both of them have more than 200 career wins. Those are well above average big league careers. Oh, they no, may I... not be Hall of Famers, but those are – if you develop those kinds of pitchers from your, from your organization every year, if the Rangers had continued the development like they did with Kenny Rogers and Kevin Brown, they would be the pitching paragon, I think, at this point. Well, absolutely. Well, what I'm saying, though, those are the best. Those are the two best guys, and it's right. not even close after that. Absolutely. And that, and that's absolutely. the that's the issue here. And what Reddy Fusen told me was he, he just felt like that there was not any they they didn't have a profile of what they wanted in a pitcher. They just kind of just shot all over them. You know, they oh we'll take this guy, we'll take this guy, we'll take this guy, but we don't really have an idea of what kind of pitcher we want. And I, I, I wonder I if that's think- still an issue. I think they had, you know, I think under Doug Melvin, they had a profile that, that Doug was 
you know, Doug didn't necessarily care about body type. What he cared about was a guy who could give them 200 innings. That's, he, he cared about he cared about durability. And really the durability aspect came mostly from guys who came from outside of the organization because they had proven in the big leagues that they could give you 200 innings. Um, I, think in the, I think the John Hart and Grady Fuson era was a little bit dysfunctional because you had two guys with two different two different goals. You know, I think John John's goal was to win immediately and took, you know, whatever whatever was available on the free agent market and, and tried to plug it in and and Grady tried to apply whatever lessons he had learned um, in the moneyball regime um, from the A's and, and tried to apply a quote unquote pitchability kind of quotient to things. Um, I think that's why they thought that Mario Ramos would end up being a uh, a legitimate pitcher. He certainly didn't fit any any stereotypes of of what you'd look for in a in a starter. He was no. short and left handed and didn't necessarily overpower anybody. I think now you look at the Ranger prospects that are coming through. Um, I think there is something of a of a profile. I think that these are mostly big, tall guys with power arms. And I, John Daniels loves the power arm. Jeff Bannister loves the power arm. Um, I think that they are uh, – I think there is more communication now on the major and minor league side. And I do think that, you know, for whatever – whether it's whether it is accurate or not, I think that um, the idea of pitching inside is something that is being stressed more across the organization than it had been. Um, that is something that Jeff Bannister has really emphasized at the big league level, and I think it's something they've tried to emphasize for their for their minor league pitchers. I think that you know the biggest thing that you can do with your minor league pitchers is emphasize fastball command. You throw strikes, you get ahead of hitters. Every pitch you have in your arsenal is going to work better. And so sometimes it's not necessarily the guys who throw ninety five. You know, you throw 93, but you throw strikes, your curveball, your slider, your changeup, they're all going to work better because you're going to be pitching ahead in the count with leverage. Well, there's no question that that, uh, that is a, a, a number one priority. I, I do feel like this, this spring or this year that if the Rangers are going to have postseason success, it's going to have to be because of their starting pitching. That the, that, that I think they'll, they'll be a, a decent offensive club. I don't think it will be the kind of club that it has been in the past. Uh, and I do think uh, that I don't think the defense is going to be a lot improved. I think it could be better. I think it's the same people to ask them to be making market improvements is asking a lot. Even with uh, Carlos Gomez in center, you're still going to have issues in in left and right field probably. So to me, those guys, especially at the front end, you Darvish and Cole Hamels, are going to have to have premium years for the Rangers to go deep. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I I think if you give Cole Hamels and you Darvish pitch to the expectations that everybody has for them, uh, year in and year out, you know, they give them 200 innings, quality innings, and uh, they're in the uh, area of being able to to get between 15 and 17 wins. I think the biggest the big issue now becomes what do Martin Perez and Tyson Ross give you? Um, because there was a big drop off between numbers one and two, and the rest of the rotation in the past. That's that that's where this team really dropped off. In the postseason last year, the Rangers 
yes, it was very clear that one and two did not get the job done and put them in a difficult spot. Yep. Now the Rangers are looking at a situation where, okay, they still feel like that one and two can get the job done in the postseason. They've tried to beef it up with a, with a number three in Ross and the capability of having a number three potentially pitching in the number four spot in Martin Perez. Uh, I think the, the rotation, as you say, Kevin, is going to have to do the heavy lifting, particularly early in the year. If the Rangers need to go out and address an outfield situation, I think they can find a left fielder at the trade deadline. I think if they feel like they need to add another bat somewhere, they can do that at the trade deadline. But the starting pitching is going to have to carry this team uh, through July. Evan, Evan, are we being too optimistic about the Rangers? It doesn't seem to me that the national media and you know folks from other towns, uh, writers and experts, so-called experts, have that are picking the Rangers as high as as folks here are are thinking about the Rangers. Uh, what do you think I, I last think year? The national media focuses the national media focuses on big time acquisitions in the offseason, and the Rangers didn't make any of those. Okay. They, every free agent they signed, they didn't make any big trades. Every free agent they signed was a was to a one year deal. Um, but this is a team that basically, you know, they they established two really young core players last year in Odor and Mazara. Right. Martin Perez took did take a step forward in terms of building up his innings last year. Uh, Darvish is healthy going into this season. Uh, they have a superstar uh, in in weight in the bullpen in, in Matt Bush, who was not a part of this opening day roster last year. They've got one of the best five catchers in the big leagues, and Jonathan Lucroy behind the plate. I, I just think that people focus on, okay, who made the big splash? Well, certainly Boston made a big splash with Chris Sale. And if you've got Sale, David Price, and Rick Porcello at the top of your rotation, you've got a, a great rotation. And, and, and probably the Red Sox and Cleveland should be the favorite to win the American League going into, into the year. But I don't think that – I think, you know, I think we brought this up the other day, um, or I did with John Daniels at, at a press conference recently, that, you know, I was listening to the MLB radio network on the way um, – to the park that day uh, for the for the Rangers presser about spring training and the host I think it was Jim Duquette and, and Mike Barron were, were talking about are the Rangers a better team than they were at this point in time a year ago and I think they are you know oh, for, yeah. for I all think, the I reasons much that better. I just stated yes I think they're a much um, better team now but my, the, the the question to me when these these I think it's ridiculous, uh, the experts about talking about who's going to win what. I mean, look, it's just all guessing. Last year, baseball prospectus, I think, had the Rangers winning, what, 82 games? Um, right. 83, something like that. And they won 95. You know, they, they weren't even close to what they said. I would believe in the Mariners when the Mariners actually win. You know, every right. year the Mariners are everybody's favorite, you know, because of the moves they make and the things they did and they had. And they may very well be really good this year because they certainly have a lot of great pieces. But they just well, but I, every question that you'd raise about Cole Hamill and his finish last year, I think you'd be you'd certainly be in your in the realm of reality to also raise the same questions about Felix Hernandez. Absolutely. He didn't finish very well last year. No, he didn't. And he's got a lot of innings logged in that arm. Yes, he does. So yeah, I had to. So to, you know, to me, I do think you know, I'm not. I'm not going to pick the Rangers to win the West this year. I, I think because of I, I. I do think the Astros 
you know, they have a. That's the fashionable pick. Well, it is, and they and they've been the fashionable pick for a couple of years now because they because of those draft picks that they had and the guys that come up. I mean, their their guys coming up are Correa and Bregman. These are guys who were who really were the best players in the minor leagues, unlike. Well, they, and well, they were high picks. They yeah, were, yeah, absolutely. That's what you get. Picks. When you got to pick that sure. high, this is what happens. And and these are the kind of guys you get. These are guys that that look that project as superstars. So so these are these are guys that are really going to help this club. I do think they they could. I think it'll be very close uh, at the top of the division. I don't. I cannot believe anyone picks the Angels to win anything with that rotation. I mean, I, I just I don't understand it at all. I, they have a, they have some great players in that lineup, but they got nothing to me, or very little in that rotation. Listen, I think, you know, if you broke down the algorithm that and the formulas that make up the metric systems for, for some of these things, particularly the baseball prospectus and, and fan graphs type, type formulas, I think that you would find that, that there's a little bit of, of Mike Trout and Albert Pujols bias. And, and, yeah. and, Absolutely and there be because they're, they're two of the, the greatest players uh, of, this generation. Of, of the last 50 years. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I would agree with you. I, you know, I, I, I think that um, on the Astros at this point, I think their offense is going to be significantly better. I think they're going to stay together better because of the additions of Beltran yep. and Brian McCann. Yeah. Um, I still have significant questions about the depth of their rotation. Keuchel didn't pitch very well last year. Yeah, he's the um, he's the big question mark for them. If he doesn't, if he has another year like this last year, then no, they will not win uh, the division. I think the. the I think the thing for me with the Astros um, that that concerns me as, as a if, if you're if you're looking from the Rangers' perspective, I think that their their lineup could be absolutely devastating this year. I think Correa is going to to really bounce back strong after a, a, a not not in, not up to his no Mediocre projections year. Yeah. last year. Yeah. I think he's going to bounce back, and, and Bregman certainly got good good experience last year, um, and we haven't even gotten into uh, the talk. Uh, yeah, well, some of the other talents. I think, but, but you know, you you, um, you haven't mentioned perhaps the best uh, hitter in the American League the last couple of Altuve, correct? You haven't even mentioned him. Well, he's, yeah, he's a great I player. No, I didn't mention him, but but Altuve had a great year last year. And <laughs> yes, Altuve he did. Is, all, is going to have a great year. He's going to be a great player every year. Yeah. That I, I think that these are guys, you know, the guys like uh, like Correa who could bounce back, um, guys like uh, uh, Bregman who can continue to to really grow, and George Springer the presence could, could, could of the continue to grow exactly. Yeah, the the and the presence of, of Beltran and McCann are really going to help this team. And Josh Reddick too. I think that'll help. Uh, yes, you can't you can't disagree there. But uh, you know the the pedigree that. That both McCann and Beltran have with the organizations that they came up with and played with, I think those are those are big additions, and I think it was something that was really lacking last year, and and something that that you know, I think if you cornered Jeff Luno, he would he would acknowledge that it was something that the Astros didn't factor in um, as well as they should have last year. Evan, you and said- I think Carlos Go- I think Carlos Gomez really struggled under that because he tried to be that guy, and I think what we saw was. It may have impacted his performance on the field. Evan, Evan, you tried to slide in something earlier, and you mentioned it, and we got away from it. You mentioned Matt Bush, superstar. I think you used the, the name and superstar in the same sentence. Uh, he'll be a superstar at what? Where in this? Where in the bullpen? 
Well, listen, he could close. He could absolutely close. But I think that at this point, this team goes to camp with Sam Dyson as the closer. There's no reason at this point to remove Sam Dyson. He did, he did a fine job last year, uh, maybe tired a little bit at, at down the stretch. Not the same situation he, as Sean Tolleson was. No. He, no. He's, he's got better stuff than Tolleson. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he doesn't strike out a ton of hitters. That's, that's the um, knock. That's the negative there. Um, but, look, he did the job last year, and he's an effective closer. And if you've got to go to Matt Bush as your closer at this point, then it's because Sam Dyson has faltered. And he's either ended up on the DL or he's ended up in a lesser role and he's, he's going to have to rebound. So I, I think that in, in the Rangers' perspective, the, their best-case scenario would be for everything to remain as is and for Bush to be the guy who on occasion, and not regularly, but on occasion, could go two innings if need be. Yeah, um, I, I agree not with gonna, that. Yeah, yeah I agree when with you that, talk about like Andrew Miller and what he did in the postseason last year, nobody's going to pitch a guy like that during the regular season. Your hope is that you, you use a guy and you – you're able to for two weeks at the very end of the year to use a guy like you did Miller last year. Right. But I think that, that there are going to be more occasions when when managers do ask for for five or six outs from a uh, from a big setup type arm, and I think Bush does offer that ability. Well, and I think you know what you have to remember about about Bush too, is, and I agree with that 100. percent And I don't think that they need to, to wear that out. I think he showed last year that he had a little bit of trouble coming back back to backs sometimes. Uh, but um, I, I think clearly when he goes out there, that he's he's capable of throwing multiple innings. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they even toyed with may have toyed with the idea of him being a starter. But you have to also remember he's he's 30 years old, right? And, and at some point, uh, you got to just decide, hey, we're, we're shoving him out there, and we're going to get the most out of this guy while he's available and while he can still do it, even though he doesn't have, a, obviously, a lot of innings under his, uh, on his arm uh, and because he, he wasn't a pitcher uh, for most of his career. I, uh, I still think that this, it's time to go out there and get what you can get from him. I think there's some of that thought, but I, I also think that the Rangers, and I think all of baseball now, is looking at, at bullpen roles. Um, in a more egalitarian type of, of manner. You know, it used to be that the closer was, quote-unquote, your most valuable guy. I think we've seen uh, over the last couple of years and, and saw definitely during the postseason that a guy who pitches, you know, gets gets out of a jam in the seventh and can pitch the eighth for you, that guy that guy can be more valuable than anything else. So, And that's what Andrew I, Miller it, was it, in the playoffs, and I, think, I don't think there's any question to, in my mind that Matt Bush is as good as, as Andrew Miller. Uh, well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to have a little bit more of a track record with Matt, but I, I think he's certainly got that potential. Not only does he have a power arm, a plus-plus arm, a guy who did throw uh, the most pitches by any ranger over 100 miles an hour last year, uh, but he's a strike thrower. He's got really good yes. command, and his secondary pitches are legit. Um, so he's got the full arsenal, and that, this is the reason the Rangers toyed around with the idea of, you know, should we consider converting him to a starter? And I wouldn't say that just because the Rangers don't go into this year with that idea, that that would be completely off the table for, say, 2018, um, but it's, it's, it's not in the picture for, for this season. Uh, I agree with that. Evan, as much as we've enjoyed this, we, we were, I'm certain that you have reached your destination by now, have you not? 
I am uh, I'm parked in the parking lot in surprise. Um, I haven't tried to go in because you know those armed guards are dangerous. Yes, and I they are. My credential out yet. So, They're very dangerous. Um, uh, I am I'm, I'm planning to go in now and, and see what uh, what's going on inside the clubhouse. Evan, Evan, what kind of car did you rent? Kevin needs to know. It's a Nissan Altima. Uh, you know, Randy Galloway would have been really he'd be mad. A, he'd be in a Cadillac. He had to be a Cadillac or a, or a Lincoln. He'd take a Lincoln. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, Randy Galloway's retired. <laughs> wow. Evan, I'll take whatever I can get when I come out there. I'm looking forward to. We're going to keep talking to you, of course, and of course these podcasts until I get there. But I'm looking forward to seeing you when I when so we come out. Both of you will be there at the same time. Yeah. Who'll, do, who, who'll man the podcast headquarters? That's you, here? baby. You'll be in charge. All, you'll be oh, the Al Haig of I'd our podcast. I love it. Yeah. You'll, done it you'll be the host then, Barry. He's done or it before. Ken and I will just record it. We'll, we'll record it ourselves and just completely bypass you, one or the other. <laughs> wow. Evan, thanks so much for being with us. And there's a, it, it, it there's a indeed, gift in line for you. We're not sure, but something. It was, it was indeed a pleasure to speak to you on Valentine's Day. You, you, guys, you guys are some of my favorites. Right up there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right up there. Thanks, Evan. That's Evan from Surprise. Uh, it's always good to have him on when he goes out there. He's, he's a little careful. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye Evan. Bye, thanks for Thanks for being with us. He's a little prima donna, Bye-bye. I think. Oh, a little? You think he is? A little. Evan, Evan is the original prima donna. If you look up prima donna in the dictionary, yeah. there's a little picture of Evan. A little picture of Evan, the bon vivant. Uh, it was great to have Evan on talking about the Rangers. Um uh, and uh, and what's going to happen out there? I think this will be an interesting spring uh, because uh, there are there are some legitimate questions to ask about this team uh, and, and what it's going to do. Yeah, I just don't want us to be too in love with this team uh, when the well, season starts. No, I mean, I, I just don't think that you you don't dismiss them because everybody else. Says, no, no, you know, national people but say there, you know, they, like there, there's question marks all over baseball. There's question marks. Sure, there are. Yeah, absolutely, there are. There, there are big question marks about this team and what's going to do. But I will. I agree with Evan when he said, look. The catching situation is already better than it was starting out last year. Did you did you know Garbage. MLB Network picked Lacroix as the number two catcher in baseball? Yeah, I know they did, did. Uh, and I don't know that I would uh, rank <clears throat> him that highly. But you know well, he's right did. he's right up there. So then that's the thing. If, if we want if you want to go around the horn here and go player by player, so are, you, speak, are you walking around me now? Yeah, I suppose so to speak. If you go, let's say with the Astros, you have Lacroix or McCann. Lacroix, Lacroix, obviously McCann is on the back end of his right. career at first base. Uh, the Rangers got Napoli. The uh, the Astros, uh, I, I'm not even sure who they're going to have at first place okay. this year. So, right. they, so uh, it's a push. I'll say it's a push. No, no, it's more than a push. Are you going to give it to yeah, them? Okay, they, okay. Had, all right. At first Go place ahead. The last few years. Second base. Second base. There's there's no question. Altuve is a better player, but but Odor's pretty good player. Shortstop. Shortstop. There's no question that Correa is a better player, uh, but that's still a pretty good player. Okay. Now third base third is base. an interest. It's an interesting conversation. It is. I, I think I still give uh, to me the Hall of Famer over Bregman. Bregman right. is, is is a very good up and coming. Got the up and comer against the, the guy. Now the question for me about How many games Beltre will... is is has been was last year his last hurrah. Right. You know, a lot of Hall of Famers have that kind of year toward the end of their careers, and then boy, they hit they go downhill fast. So what happens? What happens if if he struggles this year? Does Profar play? There's third? nothing they can do about is, it. Does Profar? No, no, no. Belt, you go. You ride Beltre all the way to the end. You do. Yes, absolutely. No question. I think he'll at least be a serviceable third baseman. He could. Last year, he it was a tremendous year. He's a gold glover, uh, besides yeah. the, how he hit. And in the outfield, uh, I think this is where the, the, the you know, it, it depends on if, if Chu's playing right field. Uh, is he better than Reddick? Probably. 
Uh, not as good defensively. No. Reddick's a no. much better no, defensive no. player. Uh, but it, but choose a much better hitter than Reddick. While he's healthy. Well, when he's healthy. Uh, and then uh, in center field, you got uh, Gomez. If they're going to play Springer in center field, uh, then uh, that, that might be a push there. If Gomez plays like he did for the Astros, I mean, for the Rangers, the Rangers. before he came from the Astros, then that's not even close. Uh, Gomez was tremendous. Okay. I don't think he'll be that good for an extended period. Uh, but I think he can still be at least as good as George. But if Springer Springer. plays up to his potential, then and he's and he but he hasn't gotten there yet though. He's got a lot of potential, but he hasn't gotten there yet. He's he's still hitting two thirties, you know. But you know the mistake we're making here. I just realized the mistake we're making. It doesn't matter. It all goes to the pitching staff. Well, it does, and and that's the thing we said about Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel does not bounce back. If he is not the guy he was before last year when he was the best pitcher in the American in the American League, I think, uh, then then they're in big trouble. Uh, they've got some some depth in their a little bit of depth in their rotation, but if but if Darvish and Hamels come out and and pitch as we talked about, then I think that the Rangers' rotation is better. So even though I said earlier I think I'm going to pick the Astros to to win the West, even if I even if I do that, it won't be by up? a lot. It'll be very close. Are you backing very up? Close, yeah. Are you, I'm not backing up. We're going forward. As a matter of fact, speaking of going forward, we're leaving. We got to get out of here. We have to go. Yeah. All right. So we had a pretty good podcast day. We had. The general John McClain. Yes, we did from the Houston Chronicle, and we had uh, to talk about the, the the Tony Romo situation, as well as the uh, the upcoming combine and the draft. Yeah. So so and John. By the way, you you picked John. You you got John for us. I, my only uh, argument with you is, what took you so long? I know that's true. I'm not, I don't I don't like to pull out my big guns right away. I like to like to kind of save stuff. You know, holding back. I'm holding back. You've done a hell, heck of I'm just a making sure you've that, done a heck of a job of holding back all these years. I'm, I'm making sure that the paper wants to keep me around. You've done a heck of a job of of, of holding back. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah. All right. So, and Evan Grant was Evan Grant. Yeah, yeah. As as when we take a vote after when we discuss this, look back. Evan will say he was the best guest we've had in, in months. <laughs> yes, he will. See, so well, all right. That does it for us in here. Hope y'all are having a good one. Happy Valentine's Day. Take your take your loved one somewhere nice. Stop it. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.